Thank you, Brew. You guys killed it, though. Didn't they do a good job? Well done, Jordan's job. Oh, man, what a special Sunday to be in church. How are we doing? Are we doing okay, church? We're excited for today. I believe God has got a word for us. And actually, I just want to give a shout out quick. Our drummer today, Miles, was his very first time drumming at church today. I thought he killed it. Man, that's amazing to see. And just want to welcome everybody to church today. I just hope that uh, today is special for you and that you can meet somebody and have an excellent time in church. If I've yet to have the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Phil. Um, I'm one of the pastors here at Revive Church, and it sincerely is a great honor and privilege to be able to share today. 17th of December. Um, anybody put on weight already? Um, I've... I'm well and truly on the weight train uh, this Christmas. I've put on some weights already. It's been awesome. But I embrace it over December. Anybody embrace weight gain over December? Or do you fight it? Because I know some of you, some of you eating heavy and you're like, okay, let me just go to gym. I'll just do a quick 30 minute on the elliptical. It's not going to work. My advice to you this December is just eat. You know what I mean? Just chow. You set the New Year's resolution. Marlon works at Virgin Active. He'll take your, he'll take your, he'll take your sign-ups in January. That blesses Marlon. So come, we can make this a good transaction. But enjoy December. Enjoy the food. And just before we get into the message today, I wanted to take the opportunity as a church to just stand behind something that is very close and dear to my heart, something very serious. So if we could just all just stop smiling and laughing for a bit. Tonight, Liverpool play Manchester United. No, don't, don't, don't laugh. It's a serious matter. Let's not laugh. This is your classic case of good versus evil. Um, you've got Liverpool, you've got God's team, that's in Scripture. It's the book of Revelation, it's Liverpool, Jesus loves Liverpool. And then you've got the Red Devils. You know, the Red Devils. Yeah, you see, this is the type of guy supporting Manchester United, you know what I'm saying? So, can we just, in faith, we don't have to do it right now, but just in faith, can we just start prophetically declaring victory over Liverpool tonight? Do it at lunchtime, do it with your family, your mom, your dad. I think that's just important. I think that's important. Amen. Amen. Come on, we've got a word today, and um, I'm very excited to be able to preach and share. Um, On the 17th of December, we're in the heart of December, and we're gearing up for a fantastic Christmas Day service next week, which we're super expectant for. Um, And today, and really my preparation, I was a bit in two minds um, where to go today, because obviously in December, you know, you're going to go to church, you're you're, you're most likely going to get, you know, the Christmas message, and I think that's awesome, but I kind of felt God maybe leading me in a slightly different direction today. And really just the theme of preparation, just coming like to my heart and to my mind. And uh, we've got family over here, my, my mom and my sister here who are joining um, over December in my small house. Uh, but we're all uh, filling up with my three large dogs and we're having a good time. And, and we've had to prepare some of our house to be able to um, host my family there, mainly just things we've been avoiding for the last three years, but we've had to prepare and get ready and for some of us here today, maybe we've been preparing Christmas trees. Anybody have a Christmas tree routine? Any males not allowed to touch the Christmas tree? Let's just shame the devil, put the hand up there, because there's a, there's a rhythm there and a routine. You don't want to get involved. Some people have been preparing homes and decorations and tinsel, and some people have been preparing, preparing to go away. Anybody going away over December or January? Um, just kind of the theme of preparations just kept coming to mind. A lot of external preparation. I felt God kind of lead me to that direction of, you know, let's not be super focused on what's happening externally that we forget what God is trying to do internally in our hearts and what he wants to do through this December period. Because yes, it is a fantastic time to be with family, to have fun, to eat food. But today in the next two, three hours that we have, um, that's a joke. 
in the little bit of time that we have today, I thought, you know what, let's actually take some time and reflect on the condition of the heart today. And I feel God is wanting to speak to us where we are, uh, in, the, in the difficulties that we could be facing, if we're on the mountaintop, so even in the valleys today, I believe God has got a word for us uh, in season. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, we're going to read some scripture today, if that's okay. And if you have a uh, Bible with you, feel free to open that up. If you've got version on your phone, feel free to open that up. We've got a few verses here, 11, that we're going to read through today, and we're going to trust God to share something with us from His Word. We're reading in Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15 in the NIV. Uh, it should pop up on the screens as well. This is a parable that Jesus is teaching to a large group of people. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. So for those of you who don't know, a parable is a story that Jesus would tell in order to teach and illustrate um, a very real principle from Scripture. The parable goes like this. Verse 5, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Verse 6, some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and was choked by the plants. Still other fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked Jesus this question, what does this parable mean? Verse 10, he says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, through hearing they may not understand. But this is the meaning. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear the word, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Final verse, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This parable I feel God was speaking to me about first, really, and, and I needed a revelation and a conviction about what God is teaching here. And for those of us that maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, you've heard this a few times, this is a parable about agriculture, it's about farming, which had been a, a very common theme back in the day in which Jesus was teaching. But for us today, I believe there's so much that we can take from it. The parable speaks of three key elements. It speaks of a farmer, it speaks of some seed, and it speaks of some soil. The farmer in this parable is symbolically representing God. Uh, a farmer who goes out and sows seed. The seed in this parable is representing the gospel. It's representing the word of God. It's representing salvation power, saving power that the farmer scatters and sows, not selfishly, not reluctantly, not specifically, but he sows generously onto any path, onto any soil, onto any ground that is ready and receptive to receive the seed that God is sowing. And then lastly, the final element is that of soil. And in this parable, we encounter four different types of soil. We encounter the first soil, which is a, a hard soil. You can almost picture a pathway that has been walked over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Seed sown on this hard path, there is no way that seed is going to go through. Secondly, there's some shallow soil. So the seed does get through, just makes it through. But as soon as the plants come out of that soil, it is scorched by the sun because there's no deep roots 
There's nothing keeping that seed getting moisture and water from the ground. Thirdly, there is thorny soil. The seed is landed in the soil, but it's caught up with the thorns that grow up with the plant, and slowly but surely the thorns and the weeds choke out the life that the plant is supposed to have. And the fourth soil is the good soil. It's the soil that's ready. It's the soil that's receptive. It's the soil that can receive the seed that God has for them. What this parable is talking about and representing today for all of us on the 17th of December is the condition of the heart. Now, one is not born with one condition of the heart and keeps it their whole life. I believe this is something that we encounter and move through through life because I can honestly say, as I stand here today, I've experienced all four of those conditions of the heart. There have been times where I have been so hard and so distant from God, disconnected from people, rejecting God, rejecting the gospel because of where I was in my life at that point. There have been times where I've been immature and shallow, where I was happy to receive something from God, but as soon as life got tough, God has left me. God has abandoned me. And then there have been times where I have left thorns in my life. I have left weeds in my life that on the outside, I look okay. On the outside, I look fine because no one else can see them, but I know that they're there. And slowly but surely, those thorns and those weeds begin to take away the life that God has for me and the plan and purpose he's got for me. And then there have been times in my life where there's been good soil in my heart, where I've been ready to receive what God has got for me, saving power, but not only saving power because I don't think God just wants to save you. I think God wants to bless you and bring favor to your life. But we need to understand that a favored and blessed life is not a perfect, easy life. Sometimes it's so difficult to navigate the trials and the storms and the winds and the rains of life and not immediately revert back to blaming God or his lack of evidence of existing. Today, I want to tell you that the presence of God doesn't always equate to easy living or, or, or living that has no issues and no problems and no financial frustrations, but the presence of God means blessed, favorable living, that even in the presence of the storm, I have victory. Today, can we take 20 minutes and can we do some internal reflection as a church? If today you just want to sit in your chair and look at the sweaty dude in all black, Say something from the Bible. You don't want to shout. You want to get involved. I would love for you to take some time over the next 20 minutes and really reflect on the soil of your heart today. Really reflect about where God might have you or where things might be going because I think it's a great time for some of us to acknowledge that things might not be exactly the way we want them to be. For others, it might be the point where we need to wake up and understand that God is calling us back. This first pathway that I want to speak about or this first bit of soil, it, it's hard, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a rock hard path. You can just picture it. You can just picture seed being sown onto something like cement and, and nothing is piercing through. And, and immediately when I started reflecting on the soil and hard hearts, and there might be people in church today that are feeling very hard. And the first thing I wanna say is that it's actually not difficult to understand how somebody gets to a place of hardness. If you look around you and you look how difficult life is and how unfair life can be sometimes, it's actually very easy for me to understand why a heart can grow hard. Or even when I chat to people, I don't even find it a disconnect when I speak to people that are hard and feel like they're cut off from the gospel because we need to understand the goal of the enemy is not to keep you evil. If he can keep your heart hard so that no seed can land, no seed can come through, then he's got you right where he wants you. The goal of the enemy is what? John chapter 10, verse 10, to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can keep the seed of the gospel outside of your heart for long enough, he's gonna accomplish that goal. 
And the, the, the lie that we believe, and I alluded to it, the lie that we believe is that when my life is difficult, when my life is hard, that is proof that God doesn't exist. Who's ever had that thought? Shame the devil, I've had that thought. You, you t- come on, turn on News 24, turn on something that, that just reveals to you the depravity of our world. It can be so difficult. To be like, no, there's a good God in heaven, come on. There's a good God in heaven, things are easy, things are great, you know, he's in control. No, it, it's actually super difficult in those moments to trust God. It's super tough in those moments to understand, no, there's a good God in heaven. But the lie is this, he will tell you that God has left you in those moments. But for me personally, I was having a conversation with my mom, I hope she doesn't mind that I share this story. She was telling me a little bit about her life and obviously some things that I've heard, but she explained it a bit differently that she actually lost both her, both her parents in a very short period of time, both just, just happened very quickly. And she started having emotions and feelings of, I'm alone in this world. It feels like that there isn't somebody or something that I belong to. It, it, that's a valley. <laughs> that is a dark valley. And for many people, it's like, you know what? I'm alone. I need to do this thing myself. I need to handle things my own way. And that's how I'm going to do things. Turn my back on God. I'm going to do things my own way. Who knows that that doesn't work for very long? But she had a different revelation. As time passed, she felt very clearly from God that, yes, you might not have a parent to belong to, but you belong to me. I'm your father in heaven. I number the days. I put the hairs on your head. I know your future, your calling, how things are going to look. I know that you'd move to the UK. I knew that things were going to change in a very big way. I know it. You belong to me. For me as well, it was in the valleys that had a revelation of who Jesus was, not on the mountaintop. Maybe there's some of you yet today that are going through something heavy and deep. And listen, I know this is not a 17th of December, so forgive me. Next week, Sunday, we're going to talk about the lambs neighing by the manger. (laughs) We'll do that. But I feel strongly that God is calling some people to understand that just because you're going through something tough at the moment doesn't mean that God has left you. I consider it a grace and a kindness if I get to such a dark place that I turn to Jesus. I don't think it's a graceful activity for God to keep your life so comfortable and so easy that you neglect your need for him and how much you need him to control and govern the days of your life because we all need that. Yes, a heart might be hard today, but I've experienced it time and time and time again. A heart doesn't need to stay hard. God is in the business of softening soil. God is in the business of putting seeds in places where no one ever thought a seed could go, but it starts with a revelation, with an understanding that heaviness and tiredness and disappointment and depression is not a sign that God is in here. Maybe, just maybe, it's a sign that you've been trying to do your life by yourself for far too long. And there's a God in heaven who loves you, who knows the days and the plans that he has for your life. That's the first soil. Let's keep going. The second soil is that of, sh- of, of shallow soil. Jesus describes it in the parable as, as rocky soil, a heart who receives the seed with joy at first, but because the soil is shallow, the seed cannot take root. And then what happens? The sun scorches the plant whose roots aren't re- ready and deep enough to withstand the heat of the sun. Man, this is like many believers in our church. This is like us at various stages in our life. Life will scorch you. As a believer, if you do not have deep roots in the presence and the word of God and worshiping God, you think that it's fine. You come to church. You know all the lyrics, people. You come to the front, oh, the overwhelm. You know the songs, but as soon as you leave, the roots are shallow. 
So when the sun starts to burn, as life does, I think we can all agree that there's a moment in life where things scorch and get hot. We do not have the ability to withstand the heat because we do not have deep roots. Let's not let December become a time and a period where we disconnect from God, where we disconnect from His presence, where we disconnect from reading the Bible because you shorten the roots that take you down to the place where you need moisture and water. A plant without moisture will die in the sun. A believer without connection to God and connection to His presence will not only flourish in the sun but will help other people flourish in the sun. December can sometimes be such a disconnected, distracting time. There's family, there's people. Let me encourage you, church, find a moment to connect with God this December, every single day. It can be two minutes, it can be five minutes, it can be 10 minutes. Get into the Word of God. Let it speak and breathe life over you. Worship God. Find spaces and times to speak about God. Do not shorten your roots this holiday. Deepen the roots into the presence of God. Because again, we'll believe the lie that when things get difficult and when challenges and trials and storms come, that God isn't there. As a matter of fact, maturity is about understanding that in those difficult moments, God is there. Psalm 23 verse four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. doesn't say if you walk through the darkest valley. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, the moments where it gets dark, the moments where it gets tough, God's staff, his rod comforts and protects me. And my personal favorite, Psalm 91, verse 7 to 12, just because it sounds kind of like an action movie. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right side, but it will not come near you, friend. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Are we reading these passages, church? Are we acquainting ourselves with what the word of God says about how he will protect you. A thousand at your left, 10,000 at your right. No harm will befall you when the Lord is your refuge and your rock and your stone. We take confidence in that church. We take confidence in that in this December that we don't wanna live a life of shallow, rocky soil, of keeping things surface level, of making sure we look a certain way. This is not a perfect church. These aren't perfect people. I would be the first guy they put in cuffs and escort out if this was the perfect church because I just am so far and distant from that mark. But what this church is aiming to be is not hypocritical, but honoring and understanding that we may get things wrong, but God is the one who gets things right. So we will try every day to become more and more like him. We deepen our roots by spending time with the one who is perfect in his word, in prayer, with godly people. The third soil is that of thorny soil. And this is something that I feel for all of us here in this church today, there will be things that we're grappling with, things that we're trying to understand better. And what the thorny soil represents is the seed that's thrown down and there's also, and there's also thorns in this place. So how it would work um, back in the day was the seed would get scattered and then the plow would come and plow the seeds into the ground. But sometimes the seeds and the thorns would get plowed into the same or the seeds and the weed would get plowed into the same ground and then they would grow up together. So sometimes it's easy for us to be in a place of fertility. We're in a place where we're receiving from God. We understand that God is good 
and we're receiving something and we love it, but we're still leaving the things that aren't necessarily a part of God's plan for our life, the things that might be a bit difficult to walk away from, but you know in your heart of hearts is a foothold for the enemy to take life away, to keep coming at you, to keep bothering you, to say, hey, you've got this issue. You know, you're not good enough because of this. You can't pray to God because of this thing. We need to become great de-weeders and de-thorners of our thought life and of our heart if we're wanting to step into the full life that God has for you. Because the enemy is smart. The enemy is not gonna rock up dressed in red with his pitchfork saying, hey, it's the devil, let's do this thing. You're, you're far too smart to fall for that trick, but what he will do is he will dress up as a bottle, he will dress up as a smartphone, he will dress up as a thought pattern, he will dress up as a trauma, something that you can't quite shake off just yet, but all he needs is a foothold into your heart, a foothold into your soil, so that he can pester you and bother you and wear you down long enough so that you think you're not good enough to get into the presence of God, when all God says is you have always been good enough, prize son and daughter, but we have become lazy in de-weeding and de-thorning the things out of our hearts and out of our minds, because that sucks. It sucks taking time to think about, you know what, these are things that I'm struggling with. But you don't know how those things are creating a gap between you and God. Who here, just if we can be authentic for like two seconds and then we can swap back to whatever we're doing. If we can be authentic for two seconds, who here falls or stumbles in sin and then first reaction is to pray and get into the presence of God? Put your hand up. Okay, that's great. It's 3%. The natural reaction is what? What did Adam and Eve do? They sinned, they hide. They cover, they, they pull away, they withdraw. The enemy would love that. If he can keep the thorns and the weeds in your hearts and in your mind, you're gonna be withdrawing far more than pulling close, far more than opening up, coming before God and saying, God, I, God knows all your issues. He knows all your stuff. He wants to meet and commune with you anyway. And the news flash is this, you're never gonna get over all the sin in your life. You're never gonna be a perfect person this side of eternity. But perfection is coming when Jesus comes back where all sorrow, all pain, all sin will be wiped away. But as for this time on earth, we need to find a way to connect and commune with God without being held back and held down by the thorns and the weeds the enemy will use in your life. Again, church, this is reflection. I don't know these things I don't know what's happening in your hearts and in your lives. I can get up here and I can share from God's word, but you need to go back home and you need to think about the things. Where is the enemy getting a foothold in my life at the moment? What is bringing me guilt and shame? Can I tell you that God does not deal with guilt and shame? God deals in conviction and then he deals in empowerment. The enemy loves guilt and shame. Guilt and shame can keep you spiraling, doing the same things for the rest of your life. God says, hey, that's not what I've got for you. Holy Spirit, help me to move forward and move out of this. De-weed, de-thorn, get those things out of your life so you can grow with the full potential that God has for you. Does that make sense? The final soil that he makes mention of is healthy soil. A soil that is receptive, a soil that is not shallow. A soil that's not perfect, but a soil that's ready to put their roots down deep. A soil that understands that there will be thorns and weeds in this life but I will take time, I'll surround myself with people, I'll go seek help. Some of you need to go see a psychologist, you need to go and do that. Some of you have trauma in your life and you need to speak about it, you need to go and do that. That's not unbiblical, can I just, can I say that? 
That's not in public. Some of you need to speak. You need to work through some of the things that have happened in your life. Some of you need to understand that God loves you and has called you. Some of you need to understand that. You need to understand that God loves you very, very, very much. There's nothing that you've done ever, Scripture says, that can separate you from the love of God. As east goes from the west, as, as north goes from the south, God loves you incredibly. Some of you are canceling that out in your own heads. The person who's got fertile soul is not a perfect person, not a sinless person, not someone who comes in their college shirts and their front row and they got their hands up and they hey, bless you, brother, and they're like shaking. That's not the fertile soul. The fertile soul is someone who acknowledges their need for Jesus in their life every single day. Can I tell you the big enemy of your connection to Jesus over, quiet, over in quiet times and prayer and, and in Bible reading over the December period is not busyness. Some of you will think it's busyness because you're in Langaban and... Mykonos and you think it's busyness. You think it's busyness. It's not busyness. It's actually pride. It's you thinking you can do things by yourself that will ruin any type of intimacy and connection that you've got with God. For me, I have to remind myself every day, Phil, when you try to do things, remember you've got a bit of a temper, you struggle with authority, you can be a bit of a wiener sometimes. Like you've got a lot of things that you navigate, Phil. So when you stay disconnected from God, it's all over you. It's easy to see when you haven't had a quiet time full because it's the Holy Spirit who brings out the fruit in your life, not anything you can do. We all have our stuff. I'm not, I'm not canceling myself out yet because I can be a wiener sometimes. I know that. That's my cross to bear. But it reminds me that I need to get into the presence of God. Two words that maybe we can hold on to this, this December is authority and submission two of my most hated words. I hate both of those things with a passion. Don't, who, who, who are my people here? Someone tells you what to do, you do the opposite just on principle. Just, sorry, what did you want me to do? Okay, I'm gonna do completely the opposite thing because you told me to do that. That's me, I'm the worst. I'm literally the worst. Can I tell you something? The seed that God has for your life is not a lukewarm seed. So when you deal and struggle with authority and submission, authority is not allowing, or, or a struggle with authority in your faith is not allowing God to be God. You, you say, God, you be God in creating stuff. I will be God in making sure I have the right job one day. I will be God in looking after my kids and my family and providing financially. You be God um, with making sure the sun comes up and down. You be God to make sure there's some nice sunsets over December. You be God in those moments. I'll be God in these moments. You cannot live faith. That's just not faith. The Bible's very clear about what God does to a lukewarm Christian. You're either in this thing or you're out of this thing. Can we in December understand that God has ultimate authority in our lives and where he calls us to, to submit to that authority in the best way that we possibly can? Now, I know that these, these are tough words. This is not always easy to do. Submission is, is difficult to do, but maybe just trust me on this one. God knows best. And it's arrogant to think that we know best when in Isaiah it says, no one knows his ways. No one's on his page. God is far above. God is outside of time. God is outside of your world. God knows that right now you could be navigating the most difficult situation, but it's actually building character and perseverance and you're gonna be a better businessman. You're gonna be a better husband. You're gonna be a better wife when you navigate the mountain in front of you today. But all you can think about is mountain move. <laughs> Get out my way, mountain. God is saying, let the mountain stay because something is developing inside of you. We can't see that. We don't have that perspective, church. 
authority and submission, authority and submission. God is the ultimate authority in our life. Can we take the time to be less arrogant, less proud, and to submit to what God is doing in our families and in our lives over this December holiday? This message is simple. It requires application. If you want to read this passage again, it's in Luke chapter 8. The condition of the heart is so important because we can become so caught up in the distractions of December, in the trees, in the tinsel, in the trifle. See what I did there? That's called alliteration, son. <laughs> That's why I'm here. No, no, no. It's that pride. The enemy will keep you distracted with December's glitz and glamour. And he loves that for you. He loves that. You just, you know, it's tree and carols. God is saying, can we evaluate the condition of your heart? Because I'm sowing seed. I'm sowing seed, and yes, there's the seed of salvation, but I believe God continues to sow seed of ideas, of innovation, of direction, of guidance, and of leadership, but if we don't check the condition of our heart, God might be wanting to sow something that your heart is not ready yet to receive. Maybe you're trusting for a new job, but your heart is so hard. God is saying, I've got the idea right here. I've got this, I've got the place. I've got this, the, how you put your CV together. I've got everything. Just just receive it and it just bounces off because you've not, you've not been accountable to your heart. You've not been accountable to the soil. You haven't been staying close to God, allowing him to lead, allowing him to have authority. You haven't taken time to submit. December is gonna be a fantastic time for all of us. I, de- I, I declare it, we're gonna eat a lot. We're gonna put on no weight. There's gonna be no calories. There's gonna be great holidays. But I tell you this, and I say this with all the love that I could muster up this morning. This December will be a complete waste of your time if you neglect what God is doing in your heart and how he wants to speak and guide and lead you over this period of time. Can you make a promise to yourself? It's not even for me. (laughs) Who am I? Can you make a promise to yourself to not neglect the moments that God has got for you to connect, to commune, for him to speak to you, for him to share his love and his mercy and his grace? Sometimes, church, we, we misunderstand quiet times. We always think a quiet time is this, okay, get the study Bible out, get the worship song out. It's almost like a task, you know? We tick, we tick off the list. Sometimes God just wants to give you some mercy. He just wants to give you some peace. Who's void of peace? Sometimes God just wants to say, you know what, if you would just come into my presence, there's some peace here. There's some joy here. There's some, I just want to give you something that the world will fail at giving you every single time. But we trust the world. We trust the world so much to give us everything we need. We put the world on God's throne, but there isn't somebody or something, a business, a spouse, a child that is able to sit on the throne of God. Only God can. Your life is gonna feel empty and directionless until you put God back on the throne that he was always made to sit on. Not your spouse, not your child, not your job, not your bank balance. Those are good things. Bank balance, very nice. Send that my way. Send a couple couple foul. Those are good things, but don't make them into something that they're not. They're not God. They do not require your worship. They do not require your attention that much. Well, some of them do. God seats on high. It's God who requires everything from you. Don't put those things on God's throne. Only God can sit there. This December, as I close, I'm closing two and a half minutes early because it's Christmas time. 
let's not neglect what God is doing internally. Enjoy the external. Enjoy the time with family. Love it. Cherish it. These are beautiful memories. But take time and moments to spend with your Father in heaven who loves you, who's got purpose and plan and calling and seeds of innovation and desires and dreams that He wants to bring to pass. Don't let your heart grow so hard that you can't receive what God has got for you. Let's keep our hearts soft, church. Let's keep the soul of our hearts ready and receptive for what God is going to do. Is that okay? Come, let's stand up. Let's pray. Hey, why don't you put your hand on your neighbor, your neighbor's shoulder. Let's pray a blessing. I actually got something here that I want to read. Number six, verse 24 to 26. I read the scripture over you guys. I bless you guys. Let, let travels be safe. Traveling back to church on the 25th as well, but all the other travels as well. Let it be a fantastic time with friends and family. Blessed, favored. Let's get closer to Jesus in December. Let's get closer to God's heart in December. Number six, 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and may He give you peace. Lord, we worship you this morning. We give you all the honor and all the glory. We thank you for this incredible church, these amazing people of Revived Church. God, we pray for our people that are away currently. God, we pray would you bless them and give them an amazing time with their friends and family. We pray for the people present here today. Would you bless them, Lord? May they come into your presence and let them receive joy and peace. God, I just pray, Lord, would they draw close to you, Lord. We would be so attentive and aware of what you're doing in our hearts and what you're doing in our soil so that we can understand when you're moving us, when you're calling us to stay, when you're calling us to jump at an opportunity. We do not have to put everything on our own backs and carry the weight of decision and the burden of trying to do things our own way. God, would you guide and lead us in these moments? Lord, if there's anybody that's in church today that for whatever reason, maybe they were invited, maybe they were dragged here, maybe they came here because they're looking for community and friends. Those are all good things. Lord, if there's anybody here today that is maybe saying, you know what, Phil? My soil has been very hard for a long time. My heart has been very hard for a long time. I've, re I've rejected God. I've rejected relationships. I've rejected so much because things have been so unfair. Life has been so difficult. Everywhere I've turned, things have gone against me. This morning I say, God knows you personally and intimately. He knew you were gonna be here today. He knew you were gonna sit in the seat that you were and he knew you'd receive this word because he loves you and he's called you to life everlasting and not just life everlasting, but a blessed, purposeful, directionful life here on earth. If there's anybody here in church today that's saying, Phil, that's me. I want to make a decision right now to recommit my life to Jesus. I know what's happening in my heart. I know what's happening in my mind. I know that possibly I've drifted. Possibly I've been distant. This morning, I'll put a stake in the ground. And I say, Lord, would you shake the soil of my heart? Would you make it soft and receptive today? If there's anybody here that's saying, Phil, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to hand my heart back over to Him, give Him the steering wheel of my life and allow Him to guide and lead my every step. So that's you here today. On the count of three, all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. On the count of three, would you mind just shooting your hand up? I'd love to pray for you this morning.
We've got a little something we want to give you, but I'd love to pray for you this morning and trust God for your future, which I believe is going to be excellent. On the count of three, if that's you, shoot your hand up. Let's put pride down. This isn't a decision for anybody else, a decision between you and God. One, two, three. Is anybody here? Pop your hand up. Yeah. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands there. I see the hand in the back. If you wouldn't mind just keeping your hand up for a few seconds, we've got some people who want to give you something. hands at the back, back there as well. Just keep your hand up until we've got, until there's something in your hand. Fantastic. I'm going to pray. We're going to continue to just pass those, pass those down. If you haven't received something yet, please keep your hand up. They're going to be with you shortly. Back left as well, please, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Dear Lord, I thank you for this morning, God. I thank you, Jesus, that today is a special day in the house of God. Lord, I am so grateful and thankful for the hands that have gone up today, God. It says in your word that whenever somebody returns home and believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, a celebration erupts in heaven. God, we celebrate and we party with those people this morning, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for their lives. I thank you, God, that their life has looked one way, but from this moment on, it's gonna look a different way, God. We thank you, Jesus, that blessing and favor will go ahead of them. I thank you, Lord, that now in their hearts, they've decided that you are God and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to earth, who lived a sinless life, who was put on the cross, but who rose again three days later and now sits at the right hand of the Father and He's coming back for His church. Lord, we worship you. We declare your goodness. And God, I pray for anybody in the building right now, God, that wants to recommit, Lord, that wants to just repent for being distant and disconnected, God. And it's gonna take this December as a time to come back, to come back to the Father, to put roots down again and to allow you to, lie, to lead and to guide, not to promise perfection, God, will never reach that, but humble authenticity, humble seeking of our God in heaven who is everything we could ever need. Lord, we worship you. We glorify your holy name. And we thank you that it's gonna be an amazing December. Thank you, God, you lead and guide and protect. Give us protection on the roads, protection for our families. We give you all the glory and all of God's people said, amen. Amen, amen, amen.